This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. Here's your host, Corey Tusick. This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Tusick, and I have Jeff Booth with me. Um, Jeff is uh, big in the Bitcoin world, and thanks for coming in and uh, you know sharing some of your knowledge. Uh, also, Jeff's book, The Price of Tomorrow, I've got it right here. Um, it's a uh, it's a great read, and I can say that Jeff, uh, because I asked when we did a Christmas um, exchange with my family um, on my wish list. That was the only thing I put, and I think my family thought I was joking um, <laughs> because you know I'm typically like, oh, don't buy me a gift, you know, type thing. Um, but uh, but I never read. Like I'm not I'm not known to be a reader. Um, and, you know, I'm an information, I like to learn. The internet's great for that. You know, I'll read everything I can in there. But as far as books go, my family's always like, oh, yeah, don't give him a book. He's a movie person, you know. Um, so when I asked for that, everybody thought I was joking. And my sister-in-law, you know, had me and she got it for me. And they were all like looking at me on Christmas Eve, like, so you're really going to read a book? And I got like <laughs> so excited and I started telling them about deflationary monetary policy and all that kind of stuff. And um and their eyes glazed over, but I, uh, you know, I told them, I said, trust me, if it, it like, this is interesting once you get into it. Um, so anybody that hasn't read Jeff's book, I strongly recommend it. Um, but uh, to start with Bitcoin, because Bitcoin definitely plays into all that. Um, so I wanted to ask you a, a question about uh, Bitcoin. Kind of how do you explain it to somebody like they're five? Maybe not five, but like, what I'm trying to do is gear towards a lot of newbies. I think there's going to be a big class of 2021 that joins Bitcoin. Um, so I'm going across and asking a lot of people, like, what's the what's Bitcoin in its simplest terms? Uh, um, so in its simplest terms, I think the, the way into Bitcoin, and actually that's why the book probably helps, is it gives what is money, mm-hmm. right? Money, uh, money is just a, a trade on our time. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not a piece of that, that piece of paper. What does that mean? If you look at what the money, money in its simplest form is, it's somebody. It's a trade. You do something, you get paid for money, and you expect that money to be worth something later on. Mm-hmm. And so, so today, money is being made up out of thin air. And that's destroying our time. Mm-hmm. And and Bitcoin solves that. And Bitcoin solves that because it uh, it for the first time ever it allows you to to trust in a in code that can't be distorted, can't be manipulated. So so in it it allows you to trust dollar in a decentralized protocol that trust anybody based on the code. So so in other words. Bitcoin, assuming it becomes monetary policy, and it, and, and I I, think, I highly believe it will, or it'll be, or things will be pegged to Bitcoin, um, then it gives us back our time. Is really mm-hmm. what it does. Is it means it means nobody can manipulate our time. Yeah, and I think that's one of the best messages of your book. Um, is you know how valuable your time is, and I, I've used I forget you know, the term, I mean, it might've even been you, but, you know, people talk about time billionaire. Was it you that wrote? Uh, I don't think I said that. I, I don't think I said that, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, you're being a time billionaire and, and how much time you have, um, 
you know, and, and so I, I see so much of that being robbed from, um, from everyone around us. And, it, and as it, as I started to go down this rabbit hole, you know, and you start to get your eyes open to what's going on. Um, it's like, Oh my God, this is, this is terrifying what's happening. And nobody's, everybody's asleep at the wheel. Nobody's paying attention. Um, so I've been trying to, you know, push uh, as many people. And I think that understanding the deflation uh, as being a need uh, for the future is also a key component for what will get somebody beyond understanding Bitcoin as what it is to getting to understand why it's so important. Um, and, you know, do you see like as this inflation, you know, in your book, you talk about how there is money printing and everything in, and uh, if any, anyone's listening to this and wants to trust Jeff's word, I read this book that you, you wrote it in 2018, right? Yeah, 2019, I wrote it. 2020, I published it. Yeah, 2018, 2019, I wrote it. Yeah. Well, if you read it in the COVID world, you would think you're predicting the future. Like you, you know, so many things that have happened because of with monetary policy because of COVID. Um I'm like reading, I kept having to check, like, wait a minute, did he read, write this book after COVID happened or before? <laughs> um, we've just gone down this money printing uh, hole. And so just talk a little bit about, you know, what, what the hamster wheel is that, that uh, you know, society's on and, and the you know, gap, the wealth gap that's been um, getting further and further divided. Yeah. So, so, and again, let's back up uh, because it's so critical to understand Bitcoin to kind of what understand the existing world we live in and why, why that's breaking down. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, from this Bitcoin was a small paragraph at the end of the book, because I wanted to understand people to understand the real game board. So when you understand the game board, you can see all the next moves. So, so right now, a whole bunch of people on Twitter <laughs> call me a time traveler. Because, <laughs> but it, and uh, in even predicting Elon Musk's uh, buy of, uh, of I, I, I predicted that, that. And people are calling Jeff Booth is a time traveler. And, but when you understand the game board, you understand all the next moves on the game board. Mm -hmm. And so let's just look at that game board. Um, and... And, and so, and first a couple concepts to, for, uh, for, uh, for your audience that might not be aware. Um, inflation, um, inflation is just when goods and services get more expensive in relation to your money. It's, mm -hmm. There's no law that says we have to have inflation. It's a human construct to be able to concentrate power. But it's just, it's, uh, it's, so there is no fundamental law of physics that says we have to have inflation. It's just all it means is goods and services get more expensive in relation to your money. In other words, your money is worth less. No, like it's basically a tax on your money. You could say a whole bunch of things. It's a hidden tax, that's it, but, it's a, but it's a hidden tax. And for the most wealthy, it's a gain. So, mm -hmm. but let's just, in, in, mm -hmm. in, in, in that concept, um, it's a, so it's a hidden tax on wages really is what, mm -hmm. uh, what that is, but it's just, a, it's most simple premise. Goods and services get more expensive in relation to your money. Your money mm -hmm. is worth less, but there's a whole bunch of people who believe it's a law. It must happen, mm -hmm. right? We, we have to have inflation. And on the other side of the coin, uh, deflation is just when your money is worth more in relation to goods and services. Um, and no law 
the deflation or anything else either. It's just a it's a construct. But we we assume inflation good, deflation bad, right? Mm. And you'll hear theorists talk about economics theories, and it's just all bogus. It's just completely bogus if you actually go down to the to the first principle of it at all. And then so take those two concepts: inflation, deflation, good or bad. In our own personal lives, we want to buy things cheaper and we want abundance. We want more things for less. So mm-hmm. we, that seems like a good thing. Yeah. And, but at the same time, we want everything else to go up in price, but our own stuff to go down. It's not logical. Yeah. Nobody asks, uh, asks the next question. Why is that? And what does that look, uh, what does that look like? And so, so now you add technology to that mix. And technology is moving at a pace, and it's and it's it's driving it's exponentially driving more efficiency. Every CEO, every person, is using technology to increase their time. They're using technology to decrease labor and increase efficiency uh, to be able to give more for less. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Fair concept. Fair yeah. concept. Right and. And nobody, no CEO I know, no company I work with, uses technology to make costs go up and make make performance go down. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's a quick so, that's a quick way to go out of business. Exactly, a pretty logical concept, right? Yeah. So 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 today you have technology moving exponentially, and it's getting so it's moving more and more and more at, at a rate that is uh, you 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 know from the book, but at a rate we can't even comprehend how fast technology is moving mm-hmm. and, and you have innovation on top of that. So you have entrepreneurs wanting to give society more for less, which means deflation. Mm-hmm. So it means we should, if you let that happen, it means prices should fall, keep falling and our time should expand as they fall. So if you lost your job, you keep getting lower and lower, co- uh, lower and lower costs and our time should expand as jobs would naturally come out of society if more and more of the market is moving to technology. Seems pretty logical. Mm-hmm. And that path in a free market would just drive lower and lower costs. The air you breathe is free. Why? Because it's abundant. Your photos today are free. Why? Because they're abundant. Um, and, and more and more of the things that you look in your phone, all of the stuff that's free on your phone or almost free on your phone is because mm-hmm. it's abundant because technology creates abundance. Yeah. On, and so everything I just said there seems pretty natural. It's like mm-hmm. the, the world we're living in and it seems like it should get cheaper and more abundant. Mm-hmm. Um. So you, you would think that given exponential technology in our lives today and entrepreneurs trying to give society more for less, prices would keep falling and they would keep falling and things, uh, things would be, uh, get cheaper and cheaper. And that's the thing I wanted to explore in, uh, in my book because, because, because I'd been talking for, about it for 10 years, but nobody seemed to be able to put the pieces together. Um, because that's logically what you would think would happen. Mm-hmm. And so, so if you assume that logic on kind of one side of the equation, that the prices should keep getting, getting cheaper and we should be getting more for less, if you just let a free market work, 
there had to be something on the other side of that equation, on the inflationary side, preventing that abundance from reaching society or broad-based gains from society. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when I looked at it, what you realized is, um, is there, were, there was over $185 trillion of additional debt in the last 20 years to be able to essentially stop that deflationary force. Mm. Um, and, and so, so, so when, and, and we think 185, so the total debt of the world, 250 trillion, this is before COVID mm-hmm. um, and an $80 trillion global economy before COVID with 185 trillion of the 250 trillion coming in the last 20 years. Why would it come in the last 20 years? Why would it accelerate so much in the last 20 years? And it's because these two forces are bumping into each other and technology is wanting to make things go cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and governments need them to go up higher. So, mm-hmm. in, because if you look into the, to, there's nothing, there is no money backing it. It's debt. Backing mm-hmm. it. And if you allow deflation to happen, the debt explodes um, in real costs and it can't be paid back. So, so when you look at the problem on, on the face of it and you go, oh my God. And that's when, when I said, when you understand the game board, you can, in predicting before COVID, this was happening before COVID. It was accelerating before COVID. COVID is, COVID might accelerate both sides, mm-hmm. technology moving faster and, and, uh, and the response to it. But the game board is already cast in stone. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and so, so, and, and by the way, there is nothing governments can do in the end to stop technology from providing de- te- technological deflation. Nothing. That's what I took away from your book, and I've been and I've been telling people is that um, that there's really nothing. It's like in a in a sense, I understand why they are doing the printing because it's from their perspective, it's going to you know collapse the banks and, and all the things that they have going for them in their, you know, ideal system. Um, so it's logically, I understand where, why they're doing it. Um, but I don't think they understand quite the harm and, and also the necessary, how it's necessary to transition to a new phase. And, you know, like you said, you're getting your time back. Um, and that's something that I've been, you know, always a big proponent of is, you know, my life is not, you know, I'm not like, a, my life is about have enjoying myself, being happy and, mm-hmm. you know, being with my family. Um, and whenever I started in the movie business, I started off as a production assistant um, on big Hollywood productions. And like, I was spending like 16 hours a day standing on my feet, making like 125 bucks. And it was miserable. And, but like for about three months, I rode the wave of like, Oh my God, I'm on a cool movie, you know? And then, <laughs> After that wore off, I was like, I looked around. I'm like, everybody here is miserable. Everybody here has spent their lives slaving away, um, I guess, so that they can say they worked on a movie. You know, that's why they, they want to be able to brag about that. Um, but like nobody enjoys those hard days, the hard labor, the, you know, 15 hour days with no thanks or anything and little pay. I was like, I'd rather make less money or, you know, find a way to make a livable wage and, spend more time with my family. Um, and then as that, as I transitioned from that into the business end of it, I started, 
figuring out, you know, okay, what's the way that I can make the most money in the least amount of time? And that sounds like really selfish, you know, whenever you think about it, but to me, you know, that you're, that's not I, selfish, by the way. <laughs> that's that's not, not. It's not selfish at all. That's a, that, that is that's kind of what you should do. Like you, you, if you if you actually value your time, if your time is worth worth something, shouldn't you value your time? Yeah, and it's funny that this advice came from a beer commercial. Whenever uh, I was like in junior high, I remember seeing a, a beer commercial um, that said, "If you're living for, if you're waiting for the weekends, aren't you just wasting five sevenths of your life?" Mm-hmm. And I remember like, it's like a 13 year old that hit me like, whoa, like, yeah, I'm never doing that, you know? So I was never, I was definitely never designed to be in a like everyday nine to five job. So did you drink away. beer seven days a week? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I just went straight <laughs> into beer seven days a week. Um, but, uh, you know, to I've been trying to explain to people after reading your book what, you know, the simplest way, like, and tell me if I have this right with deflation. Um, and why it should be this way. I said the reverse of inflation would make sense if when I was growing up in the 1980s and early 90s, if the grocery store was full of automatic checkout lines and that's how everybody checked out. But for some reason, you now required to have, you were now required to have a, uh, a clerk checking your groceries and scanning your items. So then the grocer is going to say, okay, well, I have to raise the price of bread by 10 cents so that I can afford to pay for the cashier. And then for some reason, you have to have a bagger now. Yeah, more people. That's exactly it. And so I've been telling people, but now it's the opposite. We've done the reverse of that where, you know, you walk into the grocery store and it's mainly self-checkout and the prices have gone up. And like, that doesn't make sense. Like you should actually have the bread should be cheaper so that the person that doesn't have that job at the cash re- at crash, cash register doesn't have to have the pressure to have two jobs and just try to, you know, keep their head above water. Um, yep. So do I have that right? Like that's. Yeah, pretty much. It's it, 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 it in, in simple examples, sometimes people get caught, uh, but, but yes, that's, that's, that, uh, that's largely right. Um, when you when you think about it though, when you're when you're printing that much money, you're forcing prices to go up. So mm-hmm. so it, 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 you you said let's back up to what you said before because it's really I think it's really important. We measure a system from the system what we're living in. So all of the people's measurement devices of everything else, their houses, how much they need to live, how much what what the world looks like, comes from the evidence they see in front of them from the system they live in. So if, if my rent went up from 1500 to $2,000 a month, because the government printed a whole bunch of money, I need to find a way to make f- an extra $500 a month to pay my rent. If my groceries went up for the same reason, because the government printed up a bunch of money, I have to find a way to make that much money, more money. So if I own the house and the printing increase the value of the house and increase the value of my, the rent that I was getting, I'm pretty safe. Mm -hmm. And, and therefore you see what's, what's, what's happening. So the, so, so as you're printing money, you're distorting asset prices, you're distorting the market. And, and, 
and the people at the top that own the assets are the winners out of that. Mm-hmm. And they're picking the pockets of the losers. And then, and then the losers come in and, and, and not the losers, but the people working for wages, yeah. people who, because inflation, the opposite side of inflation is wage deflation. It's the same coin, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite side. In other words, my income went down without anybody telling me my pocket was picked without anybody telling me. So the person that's working for $15 an hour is getting less income because everything mm-hmm. else is, is in a higher price in relation to their income. So, so you're picking the pocket from a whole bunch of the population and giving it to the rich. Mm-hmm. And then those people that you're picking the pocket from, when you see this giant inequality, um, it gets worse and worse and, and, and worse. It just gets perpetually worse and it has to get worse. Mathematically, it has to get worse once you start. <laughs> yeah. And so then those people say, I'm going to vote somebody else in who's going to redistribute that to me. And typically that person that's going to say is that redistribute it does this um, because they can't stop the game board. Mm-hmm. They have to keep printing. Mm-hmm. So they have to keep this. And, and so what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to artificially keep prices going even higher. And then, so, so let's just use an example of housing. I'm going to make sure housing prices go up and then I'm going to give it. So all the rents go up with it. So then I can give these people some more money that I, that I shouldn't have to anyways, right? <laughs> to, be yeah. to pay for the artificially high prices. And nobody's asking where the money comes from. The money is coming from, uh, from inflation and money is coming from, from hurting the people that need it the most. That's, yeah. uh, that's, and, and so you divide society and it, and it, and it feeds back on itself. Um, monopoly is a good framework for this. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, if you pick up all the assets, if you, if you win the game board early, imagine you go to jail on the first one and then you go to, to one of their utilities and you go to back to jail and everything else. So, well, somebody else picks up all the assets. Mm-hmm. You can't win that game. Yeah. Rent, you're going to go broke. You, 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 you go broke. So what you can see is kind of luck and timing have a lot to do with picking up those assets. Now imagine, so now play that game over and over again. Now imagine that game doesn't end. It never ends. The winners keep getting the prices just keep going up and up and up, but the game can't reset. And the losers, how long are they going to play the game? Before when they realize when before they burn the game down. Uh, and, and what we're seeing in society is that happening because the the game is rigged. Now, now the other side of that coin is what you, what you said is what do they what do when we say they. Mm-hmm. Um, they as we, uh, yeah, we, vote, we vote in, uh, we vote in the, they, they, the, even, even fed everything else. We have a say and, and who we vote in and we're voting in people saying the exact same thing on the same system with no way to fix the system. Mm-hmm. So they is, is, is we, so what, but and if you said that even let's use they, what would you do? It's you have all the control. What do you do? There is no money. It's debt. Mm-hmm. 
in in bonds today, there's 130 trillion bonds with negative real rate returns, 130 trillion of negative real. So you guarantee the safest place, normally bonds, treasury bills are the safest mm -hmm. return. Um, 130 trillion global uh, bonds that you guarantee to lose money if everything goes well. <laughs> that's, that's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And, and, and so guarantee you, you're guaranteed to lose money if everything goes well. And you know, at the same time, it can't go well because governments have to print more money to be able to escape that trap. So like, and so, basically at this point, they don't, they just don't want to be the one that's holding the bomb when it goes off. But, but you know, what's going off for yeah. sure. Right? So you're, you're like, I just hope that we can delay it till the next guy's and in. Everybody on top of that. So when you manipulate currencies to that degree and manipulate interest rates to that degree, and you're printing money to that degree. So first let's go, what if they let it all fail? What if wh there's nothing backing it? There's nothing backing it. So there's counterparty risk all the way down to the sand. Mm -hmm. Everything fails. Institutions, banks, Ed, education, anarchy. Medical, everything fails. There's nothing there, um, and it just keeps on un unwinding, and uh, and then it re then it gets rebuilt on the other side, but there is nothing there, and mm -hmm. and so that would be pretty pretty staggering societal collapse. Globally, yeah, right. Yeah. And so so now if you're sitting in the Fed and you're sitting or 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 Senate or or, or or EU or anyone else printing this money. What are you doing? You're trying to convince citizens you have it under control and you keep printing. Mm -hmm. And you have to print more and more and more and more and more, which, which is escalating the real problem, the, the, the inequality and everything else. But there's, you're trapped right into this and you have to, um, and, and, and you're trying, the amount that they're going to have to print to overcome inflation. So the minute they take off the gas of printing, deflationary spiral and it'll just go down the prices will go down everything will go down everything goes down but you so so the amount of printing has to keep going up like it, 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 everybody's talking about 1.9 trillion dollars now in the stimulus bill yeah like, okay what happens after that stimulus is spent mostly on paying for groceries that are already artificially high priced and and and, and housing that is artificially high priced and and to pay back loans of student loans that are, are already baked, it's not going to drive the economy. No, there's no there's no gain to the, the economy. It's just kicking the can down the road. And so the next stimulus bill has to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And as in in it, if that wasn't enough, it, the people are looking in silos like that's happening only in the U.S. It's happening in Japan. It's happening in China. It's happening in Euro. And all of that stimulus is 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 just it's not a free market it's all warped prices everywhere but we're living in a system of warped prices and we can't see it hmm. now on the bitcoin side um if 130 trillion dollars or uh thereabouts is more than that but it, it is negative uh yielding bonds and people are starting to realize the safest the safest place to store money was always that and then and, but it normally had an interest rate mm -hmm. um, and now it doesn't and it's not safe some of that money is leaving that system and going to bitcoin
and that'll slowly then like they say slowly then suddenly yeah because as more and more people realize what this system uh what this system looks like and what it means and is moving over to bitcoin that's going to move faster and faster now what should happen to the existing system as money leaves a system and moves into bitcoin because it's actually a safer instrument it doesn't seem safe because this has always been safe but it's a safe, it is a safer instrument and as more people realize it's what uh, it's, it, it, it's the safe it's the it, it's the safe in- instrument instead of an asymmetric bet this starts moving faster and faster now what do central banks do they have to print more they have because if they don't print more interest rates spike to mm-hmm. try to hold money there and if interest rates spike the entire economy collapses so so that's what the game board looks like and it, and, and and what it should look like is totally different but we but we're inside this game board today and we can't change it we can't uh, we can't change it i i personally believe that bitcoin and and some people talk about so i'm a huge proponent um the huge proponent um i was before i wrote my book but i didn't want to write my book about bitcoin mm-hmm. um i want to write the book in a way is there another way out and i'm still and i've still looked everywhere is there another way out other than other than this i do not believe that anymore i believe that bitcoin is the least risky transition path for the world mm-hmm. um because 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 if it happens slowly enough more and more people can accumulate it and it transitions uh, there's it, less and less pain it, it less it less less pain for society yeah that's what i um, have been thinking you know <laughs> i've floated the the theory out to people i've said and it's funny that you mentioned people thought you were a time traveler um, is that uh, that i i said you know maybe satoshi was uh, a time tra- or you know somebody from the future He's a time traveler. Yeah, <laughs> or and, and they they send they send it back through the ether, you know, through the digital um, realm, and and plop this down at the perfect time to be the. I mean, because the more I study it, and I've been studying it for a while now, but like intensely for a year, the more I get into it, I'm like, you know, this is like this is the the antidote. This is the key. Um, there is no perfect system that's going, there's no perfect transition, I should say. The system, as, as it's structured, the software is impeccable, but transitioning from, you know, fiat standard to Bitcoin standard, um, there will be some pain, um, but it'll, you know, to me, be necessary for a brighter future. Um, and, you know, it, if, with, whenever you talk about like uh, how, it goes, it starts pulling the money over. So you're, that's where you predict that Elon, Elon Musk was going to put money in. Right. I mean, he, he, he has to, like I wrote, I, I, I wrote it. So Elon talks about the climate, right. Or that's why it, it, it exists. Nobody asked this. The climate problem cannot be solved from the existing system. Impossible. Mm-hmm. Because, because the innovation that's bringing on clean energy is now cheaper than 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 dirty energy, mm-hmm. meaning more and more deflation is coming. 
And even if you are argued it's not quite cheaper yet with battery storage and everything else, it will be cheaper. Oh yeah. So, so, so today you have solar additive energy to the grid that is coming in at a lower cost than the grid price, than, the, than former energy. And more and more all over the world, it's exploding. It's a tiny portion of the overall energy infrastructure right now. And it's not like we could go to solar tomorrow. But, but what's happening is it's additive. It's, it, and it's at a lower price. And it's mm-hmm. getting lower every year. And I'm just using one instance of solar. A whole bunch of other technologies are doing the same thing. Battery power, everything else. And so what you're, what you're having is new energy coming on lower to the overall supply, which means that should be deflationary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And clean. It, that's what nature should do. It should get cheaper. And energy is the number one input of everything else. So why do you think why do you think the U.S. needed low cost energy and and Saudi Arabia and everything else? It was about the, the economic machine mm-hmm. to have an advantage in energy price to be able to draw, run the economic machine, and that's what created the war machine to be able to do, to secure the, this. Now energy is getting cheaper, and mm-hmm. it's getting cheaper and cheaper and uh, uh, cheaper on a scale. And it doesn't matter how, if it happens tomorrow, next day. It's not like People think about this light switch with one day we'll have free energy. It makes no difference. Mm-hmm. The path is deflationary and will be more deflationary. And that path is the number one input of everything else we do. Mm-hmm. So it means more, def- it means most of the deflation that I'm talking about is looking backwards and looking forwards. We have exponentially more coming. Mm-hmm. So, so, so if we keep the existing system of monetary policy, all of the innovation, everyone's saying clean energy, we're going to spend more on clean energy. Yeah, I'm they're always going to spend more. more money. I'm going to create a whole bunch more money to make sure prices keep going up, to essentially invalidate all of the innovation that's coming because prices have to keep going up in an existing system. So yeah. nothing can be... so so So... There, people talk about Bitcoin mining being uh, being uh, consuming energy. Um, it is the thing that actually fixes the world. The existing system cannot solve climate change. Yeah, it actually it is the biggest cause of climate change because you have to you ha- you have to have more 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 forever. You have to have more cars on the road, more gas burning, more more, more gas burning, more more more, and higher prices forever um, on a on an exponential trend kind of against nature mm-hmm. to, to keep the system running. And, and so, so people don't even put those two things together. Well, it's funny um, that you, you say that because it's kind of how my personal life is, is, uh, is moving. Like we're uh, right now we have two young children and our house is too small at this point. You know what I mean? Like it was the first <laughs> house we bought when we got married. We're like, okay, we got to go somewhere. Um, and now, you know, I want to get out like and buy acres of land and, and my wife always wanted to have, you know, some animals and stuff. So we're, you know, getting further away from the city and I'm getting into this Bitcoin world and everything. And like you said, it, you can't necessarily, and there's not a light switch where it's like, oh, I can have a solar, you know, a solar farm that powers my house. But, um, but as I started getting into Bitcoin, um, I started like tweeting or like, you know, DMing random people that I saw talk about using renewable energy to mine Bitcoin. Um, 
And that's fascinating to me because I think that that's, you know, that will, the, it'll, the innovation will lead towards a better solution because if it's cheaper to mine Bitcoin using renewable energy, then it's ultimately going to lead that way. Um, so I started, t- you know, uh, talking to these people and they, I'm going to buy a rig. I just want to test it and, and see how it works. But the guy's telling me, he said, so I have the solar and he's telling me everything to use. And he's like, he's like, I don't power my house. He's like a heat, you know, yeah. he's like, I live in Scotland and we get enough sun to, to power my house. And, um, you know, I don't have to pay for heat or electric and, and it's completely free. And, you know, and it's kind of funny, it's turned me into, and I think this is one of the beautiful things about Bitcoin is that it's turned me into even more of an advocate for the environment where beforehand, like, you know, to be honest, I just was always like, well, yeah, you shouldn't litter, you know, littering is bad. Um, you know, you should always lean on the side of clean, but like, to me, it was kind of like, I don't know the answer, you know, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Um, and even like with uh, electric, electric cars, I was like, you know, who do you think, where do you think the electricity comes from for that car? You know, like, so in my mind, I was like, it's a zero sum game because you're getting coal powered electricity. That's going to power your electric car. You're just pushing the emissions somewhere else in the world. Um, so, so what, what you're saying, and, and this is really a key construct in all the businesses that I look at the timing in businesses, when the, when you can create a structural change, there's a lot of people who believe um, an innovation and, and that costs more can make it through and it can't. So but the mar- because the market votes and the market always looks for the cheapest price because their business requires it too. Mm-hmm. So, so you can create an incentive and let's, let's use a government incentive to, to be able to regulation, to be able to take something at a higher price. But a lot of times when you're dealing with a global f- phenomenon, another government will cheat because mm-hmm. it gives them an, in- an incentive. When I say cheat, I just mean price matters a lot. Mm-hmm. But They'll lower their price to, but, to beat you. Exactly. They'll lower their price to beat you. That's actually what's happening in currencies today. Uh, U.S. is trying to lower their currency value and, and, and then labor comes back to the U.S. China's trying to lower their currency value to, to lower, lower their labor costs and everything else. And you have this, when I, when I said that $15 an hour is actually going down, yeah. That's, what, that's what's happening. And people are, are racing. I, I need those jobs. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're, they're shitty jobs and they're going to go away anyways uh, because we work in a different, different system. But price matters a lot. And what, what's happened for a long time in solar and everything else, and this was what price just keeps de- de- declining. And now it's an advantage. Mm-hmm. Now the economic incentive is, is driving it because it becomes an advantage. And what you just said about Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a search for, uh, Bitcoin mining is a desperate search to have an advantage in, in, in lower energy cost. So those things are driving together. Bitcoin mining is doing flare gas projects, um, which just used to have gas going into the, uh, off the oil fields had to flare gas and there was no, uh, there was no, economic value for it. Now Bitcoin mining is putting (laughs) projects onto flare gas to be able to capture it, to mine the Bitcoin because there's economic value there. So, so, so it's actually now at a wave where you're, where it starts to reinforce both clean and and 
and, and Bitcoin because the economics and incentives are aligned for uh, to be able to drive it. That's what's happening. And that I that's what I think. I mean, it sounds like you know you're like hyperbole or just you know you're so excited and, and such a Bitcoin maximalist that you'll say this that I would say this, but you know I think it could end up being one of the most important uh, inventions in the history of the world because <laughs> it, I, I I laugh at that. Yeah. Because- I put that on a on a, on a on a Twitter post. I put it. I think it's humanity's greatest invention, and NBC posted it. And and the number of people that that kind of went after me on that. Oh, I'm sure um, they were. Um, but it is. It is. It's that big a deal. We've never had an ability to to trust money, and instead of trust the government to tell us what money was. Mm-hmm. We've never had, a, and, and that changes everything. Everything it changed. Uh, so there, it, if people actually knew what was happening, kind of layer two on Bitcoin, what was happening on the contract stuff on Bitcoin, it changed. It's it's like the printing press. I'm I'm sure, I'm I'm sure people didn't realize the printing press was going to be one of humanity's greatest inventions either, mm-hmm. because oh great, what does that do? But it 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 democratized power. Uh, the 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 flow of information was ideas anybody could create their idea and it could move out to anybody else and and that created the scientific revolution and everything else and and it a massive change that built on top of on top of that innovation Mm -hmm. bitcoin's the same what's coming on top of this innovation is staggering yeah i think that you know i think we're going to see the wealth gap close um i think we're going to see quality of life go up this is just me predicting what i think you know from my very amateur view um but you know i think the quality of life is going to go up i'm going to think that our time is going to become more abundant um and the earth ultimately will be you know cleaner better place to live um happiness goes up and you're looking past what what is bound to happen in the short term Mm -hmm. short term there is um, it's going to be messy. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the, the transition um, governments haven't figured out. How, so, so if you think about this, uh, where do uh, where do you could call them rogue, rogue states? But, but but where do politicians get their power from in a um, uh, in a command and control? Like, where does politicians get their power from in China or Russia? From from, from manipulating money. Yeah. Right, from, from money, it, from, from control, and so so, China is not going to adopt the the Bitcoin. Yeah, individual Chinese will. Individual people will, um, but China itself—that's why they're racing to create the digital one. Because they're trying to because it, because it creates control, mm-hmm. um, and and look at what just happened in Hong Kong. Look at w- what they're trying to do. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, kind of that geopolitical risk, but but it, but if you could argue it on the other side, so is uh, so is U.S. in a different in a different way. But U.S. is more of a free market. Um, the uh, but but in Hong Kong, you can't get out and you can't get your money out now. You're stuck. You're stuck. So if you had Bitcoin, you could. Um, That's the and, only way, and, and and it tells you it, all of these governments around are signaling 
why you better buy Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> why you better have it as a lifeboat um, because, because that's what they have to do. They have to control the currency to control you. And, um, and, and those on the paradigm, on one end of that paradigm is a free market where prices go down mm-hmm. um, and, and individual kind of sovereignty. Yes, there will be taxes. Yes, uh, uh, government, a different type of state will emerge mm-hmm. to, to aggregate rule of law and everything, uh, everything else. And then on the, other parad- on the other end of that spectrum is controlled by the biggest thug. Because if you manipulate money, there is no free market. And if you keep doing that, you're essentially trusting somebody else to control you. Hmm. And we know how that ends, right? We, we, you, you see it throughout history, what that looks like. Um, so so I, I, that, that fight of our times is in front of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, uh, I suspect, I suspect that uh, the, the U.S., it's probably too late already to, to stop this, but they'll regulate Bitcoin in a, in a way that actually is the best way for them to, for, uh, for the US um, to be able to make the transition. And I suspect that other countries will be slow to that, like China, be slow mm-hmm. to that because of what it means to their currencies. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. You do think that the US is... Um, like my theory on it is, you know, Steve Jobs said, you, you know, to stay on top, you have to cannibalize yourself. Um, and I kind of think, you know, the U.S. was the dominant, um, you know, dollar. Obviously, the, everything was pegged to them. So do you think for them to stay on top, they've got to jump on it before anybody yes. else does? That's what I think is going to happen. That's, that's I think the innovation will all, that's what I think the innovation um, it will it will come out of there. And the entrepreneurs. If you think about if you think about the U.S. kind of founding father principles of uh, of the Constitution, and everything else. In fact, even into money, this problem in your Constitution, money has to be fully backed by gold. Yeah, <laughs> um, in, and, and and it's not at all. Yeah. But in the because 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 it's such a big deal. And it always has been a big deal. People consolidate power and change the rules of uh, rules of money. And so, so, so even today, but but the U.S. Constitution is around individual sovereignty, is around free market, every everything else. So, if there's a, a country that is most likely to to realize that, and to even though it changes the rules a whole lot of what it lo- used to look like, I suspect the the U.S. will be leading this charge. Yeah, and I, I, I was excited to see, you know, a lot of the new people coming in that are pro-crypto um, in the U.S. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's a, I think that's a very positive sign. Um, and, you know, they don't want to give up that power. And they know that, you know, I mean, if they don't do it, somebody else is. And so it's a matter of who's going to adopt it first, I think. Um, what do you think the timeline looks like, you know, like we were talking about the the bright future that we're looking at, but you know, the rough period of transition, what, how long do you think, how do you see that playing out? Well, that's hard to say. Cause there's just so many variables on a, because, because you, the, the geopolitical risk is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening. You can see this in the U S today. Most people aren't having the conversation you and I are having. Most people aren't having the conversation that my book tried to drive 
it, it, most people believe in the rhetoric of the existing system and it's that it's their fault or it's their fault. Right. Mm-hmm. The, and, and you get, when, when it, when society turns like that, it turns into a powder keg mm-hmm. and, and you consolidate power through trying to consolidate enough people to believe in your message that it's those other people's fault, whether it's the rich, whether it's the poor, whether it's the, it's all, all, sorry, all bullshit. Yeah. It's a total, it's a, um, that it's none of that is caused by a different thing that we could easily get by by if we face the first principles of this and said, what's actually happening. But, but I understand how you can consolidate power by blaming somebody else. We want to belong. Mm -hmm. If, If I, if I said to you, if I, if I said, Hey, Corey, you and I, you and I get this, nobody else gets it. We're a little club. You want to, but it feels like I belong. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, Bitcoin community does it too. But Bitcoin community, I would say, uh, they, they and, and, and so it seems exclusionary because we know better. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what in Bitcoin people have to stop doing. Yeah, is <laughs> the arrogance or you know exactly. turning people off exactly because they need to invite more people in faster. That's the, that's the best, the best thing. But again, that us versus them is real. And when, and once you get this far of away, um, people don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. So in, in the geo, in the, in the political cycle, it's like people screaming into a vortex on both sides and nobody can even hear the other message, which both are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I know. that's a crazy thing. Both are wrong. It's like, it's useless changing an actor in the system. It won't change it at all. Oh Yeah. Um, I've been telling people I feel like I'm insane because I, you know, like I'm like looking at both sides. I'm like, nobody's right here. What's going on? So, but once you consolidate enough power in that, you need a bigger enemy. And that enemy is typically outside of your borders to create create kind of a, oh, look over here. That's the problem. And, um, and, and so that geopolitical, if you asked what, what I, what fears, what, uh, what I'm most worried about. Um, it's that geopolitical risk in a transition, creating um, some kind uh, of war, or some type of war. That war would look different today than it would have in World War II, or uh, because it was technology has changed the rules there too. Mm-hmm. But it's still you can start to see those those things happening on a global stage if you open your eyes. You can feel it happening on a global mm-hmm. st- stage if, you, if, you're, if you're looking at the, or if you see it if you're looking at the signposts and that's what's happening. Yeah. So, so to me, the faster that Bitcoin kind of moves and, and um, in, into this, the, at some sort of pace, essentially defunds that, mm-hmm. right? It makes their money worthless. Yeah, one 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 of the things that, but but again, they can still uh, there's still a lot of control. This is a long way from over. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, even uh, uh, my dad and uh, my my dad and I, and a whole bunch of the Bitcoin community, or people that look at Bitcoin, have it, don't really understand it as much. Kind of, they're worried about is great. Now you just have new people at the top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, that now you've changed the rich from here to here, and now it had, nothing's changed, and that couldn't be more from away from the truth. And because that's what actually my dad believed too. And I said, I said, Dad, if just take me, or 
that is not true in this case, but let's say I had a million Bitcoin mm-hmm. and I had them and I could consolidate a whole bunch of power through that, uh, that Bitcoin and I could hire an army and everything mm-hmm. else. Every time, the longer I did that, the more power I did and hired an army, army in a Bitcoin world, the more I'm distributing my Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. You're losing your power. <laughs> I'm losing my power. So the more power, the, the, the more power that I try to artificially gain rather than giving value to other people, the more I lose my power. Yeah. So the only way really the to only way to gain power is to give value to other people. And yeah, you like, if you, once you get to Bitcoin, you know, people go, oh, what are you going to do whenever, I mean, we won't be here for 2140, but and what do you do then? It's like, well, you, you, you get free cash flows, you know, you buy businesses that, that create value for other people. And that's how you, you accumulate more. You, you, the only way you win is uh, creating more value. And if you, if you don't create more value, you lose, uh, you lose value. And, but, but at the same time, prices are coming down the entire time. Yeah. It yeah. Fi- it fixes so many things. It's so hard to see though, for, for because, because again, and I, I'm not saying it doesn't sound like it's hard to, for you to see, read the book, you went through, you've kind of gone down the rabbit hole, but for a lot of people that are just entering this, Bitcoin mm-hmm. seems like a scary place. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrifying. And, you know, to, to understand it, but I will tell people that are listening that the, I think that the Bitcoin community is more welcoming than the average community out there. But I do, I do agree with you. I think, you know, there, there is this, you know, we need to, you need to be able to, to kind of have more open arms <laughs> standing at the front. Bitcoin Twitter specifically, my, and, and some of the people that give back on, on there and your podcast, whole bunch of other Preston's podcast, Peter's like it was just Marty Ben. There is so many people in, uh, uh, in, uh, in this community, but breed love uh, um, that, are incredible people mm-hmm. that actually care and are willing to, to first principles discuss what does this look like? So, so uh, it, but actually, I don't know if uh, it, it's actually hard to believe all of this information is free. Yeah. And for anybody to go as far as they want. And, and so people that are, that, that are, they're doing just an incredible job out there in, in, and, and it's making the whole community smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's not one person gains. It's not one person that says it all. It's the entire community uh, is getting smarter as a result of pressure testing ideas mm-hmm. on every attack vector on every. And, and so, so, uh, so yes. And I think what ends up happening is those people have gone through that pressure test so much that somebody new comes and asks us a question. They go, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like, that's the stupidest thing I've said. Not realizing that they might've asked the same question four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the uh, that's why I was like, whenever I was thinking about doing, you know, a podcast and really the podcast for me is my, my own like deeper understanding of Bitcoin. Yeah. That's the purpose for doing it. But I thought it could be a value to other people. And I thought, you know, outside of acronyms, you know, people, it's like, if you don't understand an acronym, just Google it, you'll get it, you know, like you'll find it. Um, so I'm not going to explain things like simply to people for an acronym, you know, just, just Google it. But, um, you know, cause there's FUD, there's all the different things that are out there that you can quickly get lost in. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it can be intimidating to see the, you hop right into Bitcoin Twitter and the conversations that are happening. If you've not been in there, you're like, 
whoa, what, <laughs> what does this mean? What are these people talking about? You know, it's like, it goes from like these complex economic theories to like talking about citadels and, you know, having your castle, you know, behind a wall and then like, what's going on here? Like I, <laughs> I spun around real quick. Um, so, yeah, I think that, um, you know, but I will, I will endorse the Bitcoin community in general and um, that, uh, you know, everybody here is you know, very approachable and, and don't be afraid, you know, to ask dumb questions because uh, that's, that's been my rule of life is I just never act like something's going to be a dumb question because you don't know unless you ask, um, you know, and, and this is how you, you know, go down the rabbit hole and, and get that deeper understanding to get to the point where I started off thinking, oh, like Bitcoin, that'll be really cool. Number will go up. You know, it's going to make a lot of money. Um, but uh, once you rapidly go down and I have to credit, you know, you guys and, you know, a lot of the people you mentioned, um, you know, whenever I, the reason I actually first put money in was because of the uh, COVID and whenever they started talking about printing money, I thought, okay, that's a bad idea. I should put some my money in something that can store value. Um, so I started learning about it after I'd put in the initial amount. And then when I learned about quantitative easing, and you guys, you know, all talking about that and understanding that this printing has been happening since 2008. I mean, I literally went all in. It was like, yeah. I, I, I guess it's a meme within the community of uh, sell your chairs. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, well, was you like, know, you, do, do you know why sell your chair is uh, a meme within the community? No, no. So, so, so it's, 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 uh, you wouldn't buy chairs. So the IMF thinks you need inflation because otherwise, uh, no one will buy chairs. So they created a video that uh, that effectively inflation is required. Because otherwise, if deflation happens, people wouldn't buy things, and then more things would fail, and then uh, so people wouldn't buy chairs. Right. So <laughs> so so that's where that meme comes from. It's uh, yeah, it's an IMF, it's an IMF video. <laughs> yeah, that's a, my thought behind it was sell my chairs so that I could buy more Bitcoin because. Um, you know, to me. Um, so what do you think happens, you know, for example, you know, the U S adopts Bitcoin. Um, and, but like right now you have people that invest in real estate and like, that's something, one of the things that I'm looking for, you know, outside of storing value in Bitcoin, I'm like, Ooh, you know, there's, you know, some vacation properties, like buy those in 30 years, they'll go up, you know, exponentially based on the inflation. Um, you know, but now I'm learning like, oh, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe, maybe it's yeah, going to so, go down. So this, this, is, this is timing. And these things are uh, completely different systems. If Bitcoin becomes a standard, um, and I think it will be, everything according to Bitcoin will come down in price, including real estate. It will absorb. So I talked about the 130 trillion in bonds that shouldn't mm -hmm. be, and that's mispriced. So the entire stack on top of that, businesses mispriced, housing mispriced, everything mispriced, adds up to about 550 trillion. Divide 21 million by 550 trillion. And forget about the actual dollars because people talk about a million dollar Bitcoin, $5 million. Forget about the actual mm -hmm. dollars. Think about purchasing power. Mm -hmm. That's the So purchasing power today is based on 550 trillion uh, or, or so and divide that by 21 million. That's purchasing power of every uh, Bitcoin. In the future. 
in the future is a, is if if that if what I just said happens, I don't see how it doesn't mm-hmm. um, you know, on the way there. So real estate, if money keeps printing for uh, let's imagine money prints for another five years, which which it probably has to, mm-hmm. or another two years, or another one year. At some point, that has to break. But if you looked at if you looked at what I said before, 185 trillion dollars has been created out of thin air in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. What would your real estate be worth if 185 trillion dollars wasn't created out of thin air in the last 20 years? The same as you bought it. Way less. Way less. Right. It would mm-hmm. be like so. Yeah, so, it, would, it would depreciate like a car. Exactly. It would. It would depreciate. Right. The the it wouldn't look like it. It does. So now ask. Will it? Will you print another 185 trillion in the next 10 years, or 200 trillion in the next? Maybe, but if you do that, that means more divide to society. That means politicians are going to get elected and try to tax your asset at a different rate to be able to redivide, redivide wealth. That means that means that the people on the bottom that are the rents are going up because your real estate's going up so much, are going to go and take it back or burn it down. Mm-hmm. So real estate becomes a, a tail risk in in that because of the system. So so to to me at the very top of all asset classes is Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, because I think it, it will outperform everything. I don't think that there are some other asset classes that will do well and everything else is a result of trying to print money into this. But the very top, I think now. If somebody's going all in on Bitcoin, just think Jeff could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I am. I think I've gone every down every attack vector and everything else, and I feel really confident in saying that. But the whole thing in Bitcoin, uh, or the, the trust, uh, verify, don't trust. Mm-hmm. You should not take what I'm saying as gospel. You should do your own homework. And but if you come to that conclusion too, then you'll th- then you might think, wow. A bunch of the real risk is the other assets I hold, <laughs> the other stuff I hold, and this might this might be the least risky. That's what I thought. You know, with with real estate, I'm like, you know, okay, say say I buy a, a beach property or something. Um, in the standard, you know, theory would be, oh, hold on to it for thirty years and then sell it for you know an insane profit because um, it's going to go just, up. But that's just, the... just finish that though, or stop there because it's important for your audience. Why? Why is that? Because because why would it go up? Yeah, we've lived in that world where it always goes up. Mm-hmm. Our parents have, their parents have, we have, and we hear everyone around us levering real estate, and it always goes up over the long term. We have mm-hmm. a bias that always goes up over the long term without looking at why does it always go up? It always goes up because we have an inflationary monetary policy that pushes it up, mm-hmm. and we'll print money at ever-ending numbers to be able to make sure it always goes up. That's why. So if you believe that can continue, buy, your, buy, uh, buy real estate everywhere and go all in on real estate. If you don't believe that can continue, maybe pull back a little bit on real estate, have your personal residence or something else yeah. and, uh, and think about where you could, uh, where you could uh, change your scenario. Yeah, that's what, and even with, you know, buying like a new house. I mean, I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but in the States here, the housing market has gone crazy. You know, the prices for houses are, you know, soaring through the roof. And I'm like, I wish that, 
that the people are like, oh, that means you'll get more for your house. I'm like, yeah, but we're like upgrading. So that's a net loss for me. Like, I wish it would go down. Um, but, uh, you know, my, so my fear is like, well, what if we buy this summer and then all of a sudden the housing the price is going to go down? I mean, I'm hedging it, I guess, with, with Bitcoin. So I should be safe. But the- 40% of all dollars that were ever created were created last year. That is the my that is of 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 course housing is going up. Yeah, the the when 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 it's not really going up, it's going up in dollar dollars that are going down. Yeah, the value is not the value isn't changing. It's and 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 the big thing when we started this conversation about that is all of that is robbing your time. So just a, it's a, because what you're th- what you think is I need to work more to be able to pay for that higher price. Well, well, your wages are actually going down against it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to work more. It's it, it's it, 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 it's just a grand illusion, but we live in that grand illusion, and and that's the way the system runs today, and so it's really hard. These are these are hard concepts for people to even get. I say one thing I love about the Bitcoin community or a lot of people in the Bitcoin, they're insanely curious. They're actually open, really curious people without a um, yes. Once you get there, there's a total belief, but even under the total belief, it's fact-based and they're willing to be wrong if they're, if they're, kind of see evidence somewhere else. So you have a, you know, in fact, one of the things that when I say about Bitcoin Twitter and, and the, the, the people on that are some of the best people on that, it's the, it's the open-minded, it's a, it's a real curiosity that mm-hmm. I love. It's just, mm-hmm. a, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the, the thirst for knowledge in the Bitcoin community. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's never ending. You know, and it's kind of like it, it, it's inspiring because it gives you that feeling that that um, there's no problem that can't be solved. Yeah. You know, because there's there's smart people that, uh, you know, you look at, you know, I even look at Elon Musk, you know, he's coming in, he's buying Bitcoin, you know, and all the things that he's put his money into. Um, and, you know, years ago, I was like, why would he really want to go to Mars? You know, like, that's that's crazy. Um, but now, you know, you're like, well, you know this plan is a little crazy. Um, you know, what, if, what if he develops a system out there? I mean, obviously way, way in the future, but like you start thinking about these forward thinking things. And that, I think that that's something that Bitcoin does to people is it, it helps you accelerate your forward thinking. It, you know, makes you, I mean, I think it makes you healthier. People end up being healthier. I've noticed. Um, a lot of people say that um, you end up spending more time doing stuff you love <laughs> in less time slaving away. Uh, and, and yeah, I think that you know, there's just a greater appreciation. That's what I've noticed. And even now, like me in the, the movie business, I'm trying to think of a more efficient way that everything can be done. You know, like Bitcoin is the uh, ultimate efficiency machine. And how can, how can everything get ripped down to the studs and made to work as efficiently as that? Um, and I, I haven't figured out a way where that it, ha- I haven't figured out something that totally makes it more valuable than putting your money into Bitcoin yet. Um, you know, cause anytime I come up with an idea and then I'm like, uh, yeah, but why would you part with your Bitcoin for that? You know, like, <laughs> so you have to create the value to be, oh yeah, that's why you would do it. You know, 
that's yeah. going to increase. Yeah. So where is the business value and that business value? That's what every entrepreneur knows. The only way to create value is to create value for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Otherwise your business fails. And, uh, and so I run that, that whole process should be deflationary. Yeah. Yeah. It should cost less. Actually, there could be a case study maybe for the movie business because, you know, it used to cost so much money. You had to fly to locations, you had to shoot on film, you had to, um, you know, the special effects were all practical. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know. But, but take that, um, take that example. And why do you think we have so much? Uh, it's not just how many people are in the movie business. It's the amount of content that's gone through the roof because it's cheaper to do it. That has enabled us to watch more content. Mm-hmm. So, so now you have content effectively, and it's not free, but it's almost free everywhere. Mm-hmm. Amazon monetizes that content through and uh, through their own engine. Mm-hmm. That more people to the web, and they give it as a Prime membership, right? So, um, so everything is to, based on that same. Th- Every industry is going is experiencing that same thing because it's getting so efficient. And you're talking about the efficiency today. The efficiency going forward explodes. Yeah, yeah. The the um, the the what's the um, theory that you reference in the book? I forget the name. The how everything gets exponentially faster. Right. It's funny. I think a lot of people that you know, no matter what industry, if you're finance, movies, wherever you come from, you all have the same first. We all have the same first principles mindset of like. I in college, I was like. We're doing like a speech, like we had to talk, do a topic, uh, public speaking, had to come up with anything to talk about. And so I talked about how, you know, it took X number of years to invent the light bulb, you know, billions of years for humanity to invent the light bulb. And then in a hundred years, we went from the light bulb to Wi Fi. It's like, I think that's going to keep going. What, what, what's the theory in the book? I forget it, the name off the top of my head. You mean just you the mean exponential growth. Just Moore's Law? Yeah, yeah, Moore's Law, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and Moore's law, whether it's still alive and well, but if it can, uh, uh, if it, uh, I'll give you a, a, a thought, um, today, right, uh, right now, I have an idea for something, or, um, let's say a chair. Let's mm-hmm. use that example. Cause we already use that. Yeah. I have an idea for a new chair, a really good chair. So how do I do, what do I do? I'm not going to make it in my backyard. I'm going to draw a picture. I'm going to might you might use a computer. To draw, uh, then I'm going to make a prototype. It's going to be really costly to make that prototype because I have to make it locally. And then I'm going to test that in the market. And then if people say, "Wow, I really like that chair," then I'm going to ship that prototype to China. I'm going to produce it at scale. I'm going to to uh, all those jobs in China that all of my thinking and everything else. I'm going to take that uh, that chair and I'm going to put it through a distribution. To, to, to distribution, ships across the ocean, transportation, distribution, then that distribution is going to send it to the store. Then the store is going to send it to, to people's houses. I build marketing engines, everything else on top to sell my chair, my idea. Mm-hmm. What is that chair? It's a piece of information in my head. It's an idea. It's just information. It's information in atoms that are reformulated in my idea that are mm-hmm. reformulated and a whole bunch of cost to be able to get to you and a whole bunch of, that idea is moving into the information streams of the web. That idea just looks like information. And pretty soon 
you'll be able to 3D print that uh, chair. Within 10 years, you'll be able to 3D print that chair in your house. My idea to your house without any of the other cost. Um, Deflationary. And, and so when you think about these things and all of those jobs and all of the structure that we come to rely on, and it's just an idea. It's an, it's an idea. It's information. It's just mm -hmm. it's information. And then on top of that, AI is going to come in and make those ideas better than my idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, so to, 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 to believe we can live in an inflationary world against that backdrop of what's coming is ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. The world requires a, a currency that allows for deflation. Bitcoin is that cur currency, and in time we'll see it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to leave it. And I guess you've kind of answered this question, but the one way I like to leave it off would be, um, you know, for people, there's a lot of people getting into Bitcoin now. I mean, I'm sure you have a bunch of, you know, friends and family reaching out to you. And even me, I've been getting people like, hey, what, what app should I use? Uh, what, do, what would you say to people who feel like it's too late? You know, Bitcoin's 52,000, it's too late. We're in the first inning. Uh, if you, but if you're buying, don't buy to don't buy to flip and hold and acquire it. Sorry, flip it and trade it and everything else. If you're buying, you might buy it. Uh, you might buy it high. It might drop and then and then then it go uh, higher again. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about the day to day trading. Don't don't look at the day to day trading. Uh, buy, buy it if you have a again. If you understand what the game board looks like and you've done your own research down to the sand on what the game board looks like, um, then, then I would say it's, 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 it's almost crazy not to have some, even as a life raft, again, away from the, away from the existing, uh, with the storm that's coming and just hold it. And just and then, huddle. And, 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 and just, and, and be, and, and beyond that some, as you as you understand it more you might want to acquire more but that's but uh, but that's uh, everybody's own risk tolerance what they, what it looks like for uh, for them mm -hmm. i don't believe it's a risky asset i believe it's an asymmetric asymmetric bet but but i'm also not buying it to try to to so that i have it's not about money for me mm -hmm. for me it's a for uh, for for me it's about fixing the way this, a structure that in, is inherently unjust and we cannot continue mm -hmm. yeah that's what i'm for too it's a power to the people you know that's it's <laughs> <laughs> really what it is yeah. all right well jeff thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it thanks again thanks Corey. thanks again to jeff for joining me uh that was a great conversation i really enjoyed jeff's insight um and in his deflationary uh, monetary policy is being the only way forward. It's, it's fascinating uh, to once you start going down that rabbit hole, and then also to see how you know Bitcoin does kind of uh, match up with that and uh, is kind of the escape hatch. Um, so I strongly recommend his book. Uh, his book is The Price of Tomorrow. Uh, you can find it anywhere. Uh, you know, books are sold, Amazon, and so forth. Um, and it'll really, really open your eyes to why why prices shouldn't be going up. Um, and why we should be getting more of our time back. So, uh, yeah, thanks again to Jeff for coming on, and thank you guys for listening. Catch you later.